Welcome to Searching for Serotonin, a podcast about 20-somethings and depression. My name is Maggie Fulmer, and today I'll be talking about what it was like for me entering adulthood with a mental illness. Through my experience, I hope to normalize conversations surrounding the day-to-day challenges that people living with mental illness and other mental health conditions face as they, much like a one-year-old, take their first major steps on their own. So, I'm a college student. Some may affectionately refer to me as a super senior. (laughs) No, 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 no. And I'm depressed. Not like, wow, this weather is depressing, or even I just lost a loved one depressed, but like severely, clinically depressed. I have crippling depression. And it took me a long time to understand what that meant. Years, actually. All while navigating the new and exciting, but also terrifying challenges that come with leaving home for the first time for a four-year university. At times, I felt hopeless and alone, even stupid, for thinking that I would ever be able to graduate. But finally, now, in my ninth semester, I've come to realize that at some point or another, a lot of people feel this way. So let's talk about that. A 2017 study from the National Institute of Mental Health shows that 13% of people aged 18 to 25 have recently had a major depressive episode. I'm a part of that statistic. I mean, I have a major depressive episode on a weekly basis. And frankly, right now, for me, that's normal. That's good. I came into college thinking that it would solve all my problems. I come from a small town of only 1,400 people, and having everyone everywhere know my business at all times was not helpful for me. I thought, a change of scene, a big city. Yes, I thought Madison was a big city at the time. I come from rural Wisconsin. Don't judge. I was excited for once to be a stranger to have no one know a thing about me, to reinvent myself. Turns out there's not a lot of time for reinvention between eight-hour-a-day classes, uh, 10 hours of studying at night, uh, also just crying all the time for no reason. I felt more lost here than I ever had at home, which was really disappointing for me. I figured I would come into my own here. I would just know what to do and and what I wanted to be, but that was not the case. I nearly failed all of my classes first semester and had a serious mental breakdown when there was an academic hold on enrollment for second semester. I called my dad hyperventilating. All of my new friends looked at me terrified, not knowing how to help me. I tried to be social. I tried to put myself out there, but a normal Friday night for me consisted of putting off all of my homework, binge-watching Jersey Shore on my futon with tears running down my face. And I didn't know why I was doing this. But if you can relate, DM me. We'll have some very, very fun Friday nights. I promise not to cry this time. Actually, scratch that. No promises. You can cry with me if you need to. Coming up, I'll talk a little bit more about what it was like for me trying to get help through the university. 
and what I do now to take care of myself on really bad mental health days. So stick around. Today's episode of Searching for Serotonin is brought to you by University Health Services, UHS. Call today to redeem 10 free appointments, six months from now, paid for by your tuition fees. Take control of your life today. Support for Searching for Serotonin also comes from my online shopping addiction, which provides me with enough joy to distract me from my mountains of student debt. But on a real note, if you're enjoying this episode, consider making a donation and you might just be hearing more from me very soon. So, what was it like for me reaching out for help finally after struggling for a really long time? Well, first, I feel like I have to tell you about the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, this is a really mortifying experience. Um, it's also pretty funny. So, my freshman year, I lived in Chadbourne Hall, and I was lucky enough that a lot of my friends lived in the same wing as me. So like I could walk across the hall and my friends were there. There were like eight bedrooms just in our hallway and six of them had one of my friends in there. So one night we went out to dinner and some of the girls wanted to go out afterwards. I did not want to. So I went home by myself and I went to bed pretty early. And so I woke up to the girls coming home around one or two in the morning They went out into the common area to eat pizza because they didn't want to wake me up. And, okay, I go to sleep. Wonderful. Not wonderful. I wake up in a jolt of anxiety and confusion to a friend of mine yelling at me to get down. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is my room. And when I actually physically wake up, it's 4 a.m., And I am not in my room. I am in what would be my bed if it were my room. So, you know, in in dorms, a lot of the times beds are lofted, right? So I'm in the right side lofted bed. But this is not my room. I find out that I had sleepwalked into the next door neighbor's room. And of course, these are the only girls in my hallway that I do not know. We don't talk. And (laughs) I find out later on that what must have happened is that the doors automatically lock, right? So I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night and I do have a history of sleepwalking. It's happened a few times that my mom has told me about, but it hadn't happened in years. (laughs) And so... I had gone to the bathroom, we know this, because one of the garbage cans from the bathroom was under the drinking fountain in the hallway, so I must have done some weird crap, taken it out of there, and then tried to go back to my room. But my door was locked, right? And of course, the room next door to me had a broken lock on their door, so sleepwalking me must have just tried to go in, right? And so I find out that I went into this girl's room, climbed into her bed with her in it. And when she asked me what I was doing, I said, shh, it's okay. 
Like, what? And so my friend, thankfully, they, they called my friend. She came and woke me up because they couldn't wake me up out of a sleepwalking stupor. And, of course, my roommate sleeps like a brick and doesn't wake up to me pounding on the door to let me back in. So the girl across the hall, who I was friends with, let me sleep on her futon for the night. So I wake up in the morning mortified. I was so embarrassed. And, like, I hadn't been drinking, but I knew these girls probably thought that I was some drunk idiot who creepily climbed into their bed in the middle of the night. And, of course, when I go back into my room in the morning, I can hear them laughing about it through the walls. And so me, with my huge anxiety problems, I'm just overthinking everything. And I'm sitting there crying. I can't get out of bed. I'm too scared to face them. I call my mom and I'm like, mom, you need to come get me right now. She lived 45 minutes away and she, bless her heart, drove up to pick me up. But I missed all of my classes for the rest of the day because I was just mortified. And when I got in the car with her, I just started sobbing and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't even know how to describe what happened. Anyway, I came back to school on Monday and ran into her roommate you know, the girl that was there, but not the girl whose bed I climbed into and told to shh. And, you know, she told me everything was fine, but deep down I was still mortified. And and at that point I had so much anxiety that I was like, okay, I need help. So this brings me to when I finally reached out to university health services. And so I knew that I hated therapy because I had gone to therapy in the past and it hadn't been a great experience. Um, probably just because I was a, you know, 13, 14 at the time and my therapists at the time felt like they were talking down to me and I didn't like that, you know? And so I was apprehensive about therapy. I really wanted to get in with a psychiatrist, but at UHS, it was a three month wait to get a psychiatrist. And, you know, for a lot of people, me especially, when you get to the point where you realize you need help you're already in a really dark place. And so waiting three extra months is not ideal. Um, Thankfully, it was only three weeks to get in with a therapist. Yeah, I say only, but that's still a long time when you really need help. Um, And so I started going to therapy regularly. Um, And once I finally got in with a psychiatrist, we found a mix of medication after about six months that finally worked for me. And, you know, in the past I had been apprehensive about medication but it's really changed my life I I don't spend time dwelling in a stupor on a daily basis anymore I still feel depressed often all the time but it's not running my life right and so that was positive but at the same time UHS isn't perfect you only get 10 visits comped by the university because you're enrolled And once you reach that 10-visit cap, you either have to pay with them through your own insurance or out-of-pocket, which is ridiculous. Um, What person only needs 10 therapy sessions and is suddenly cured, am I right? But I'm still going to that same psychiatrist. I stopped therapy because I used up all my sessions. Um, And that has really helped me. So I wanted to save a portion for the end of this podcast to address 
some general stigma associated with depression and mental illness, just some things that I always felt really bad about when I was going through it that I realize now are pretty normal, and I just wanted to share those with you. So as students, we are conditioned to believe that most of our value lies in our productivity. I don't know about you, but for me, living with depression makes it nearly impossible to be productive. Okay, so here's a keyword for your notes, y'all. One of my sociology professors introduced me to the term productivity anxiety. It describes that feeling of guilt you have when you're binging Breaking Bad for the fifth time instead of cleaning your sink full of dishes, which I'm very guilty of, or hanging out with friends instead of working ahead on your homework. But more than that, it's this ever-present feeling of guilt when you take a moment for yourself. In addition to depression, I also live with severe anxiety for which I am also medicated. God bless. But my biggest issue is feeling so totally overwhelmed by all the adulting I have to do. Every day, my brain is going, dishes, vacuum, litter box, paper, quiz, rent, bills, shower, brush teeth, that exam that's due in a week. It all becomes too much, and in the past, my solution was to shut down, to avoid all of those things completely, and waste time watching YouTube, telling myself I would start doing something in an hour, every hour, on the hour, until it's 3 a.m., and I'm absolutely screwed. I didn't, and sometimes still don't, have the capacity to look to the future, even just days in advance, to see all the things I have coming up. Now my motto is, one day at a time. No matter how corny that sounds, I tell myself, just take it moment to moment, try not to think too far ahead because there are only so many hours in a day, and that thing that is stressing you out so much that you're moved to tears can wait until tomorrow without the world ending. Unfortunately, in a school environment, this hasn't always worked in my favor. I'm kind of notorious for asking for extensions or turning in assignments a day or two late, but I had to come to terms with that. I put so much pressure on myself to be a perfect student that when I failed to do so, my world came crashing down. I entered college with the intention of majoring in biology for undergrad and going to vet school because I really love animals, but the work became too much and despite how much I wanted it, I wasn't able to cope with the workload and the pressure. And eventually, one semester went from 16 credits to three and decided to switch majors to English, which I'm so happy about now. So now here I am, trying to make up for those credits in classes this summer and next semester so I can still be considered a graduate of the class of 2021 with all of my friends. All this is to say that college is hard. Leaving home and taking full responsibility for your life and well-being is hard. I would argue it's even harder when you're diagnosed with a mental illness in the midst of all that chaos. But I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. Take your time. Go at your own pace. You will succeed in whatever it is you're trying to do as long as you keep trying. There may be days or weeks or even months where all you want to do is quit. But you've made it this far already. What's another day? This has been Searching for Serotonin. Thanks for listening. Come back again to hear me talk more about the stigma surrounding mental health and maybe I'll spill a couple more embarrassing stories.